Welcome, everybody, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today I am going to be joined by some of our members of our team. But first, I do want to introduce a special guest that is joining us for today's podcast. All the way from Las Vegas, she is a Sacramento Republic fan, and she actually was at the game this week. And she's going to be here to tell us more about what it's like to watch a game at Cashman Field and what it was like to be at the stadium in this game in which we finally win. I mean, it's it's amazing. We're really excited to be able to talk about a win after a while. But it, it came against Las Vegas just as I had almost predicted a couple of weeks back. And I wanted to be wrong, but unfortunately, I was not wrong. So... Let's go ahead and introduce our guest first, Jennifer Kent. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining. How's it going? Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be part of this today. Awesome. Yeah, well, we're really glad to have you on. We're really excited. And we're, we're glad to just hear that there are Sacramento fans all throughout. Uh, you know, we got Jared in Arizona. Now we have you in Las Vegas. And I'm sure there's a bunch of others out there that... You know, we're going to slowly start meeting them because it's really awesome to have some local support, right? I mean, it's great when fans travel away, but when you have some local support, I mean, that's that's even uh, more amazing, I think, just being uh, there because you're basically at home, even though you're away. But yeah, <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and introduce our team members here. First, let's go to you, Sharon. Welcome. How's it going? Hey, Luis, thanks for, uh, hey, thanks for getting Jennifer on the pod. And, and Jared, thanks for coming. Hey, I'm doing good. Everything is good. Uh, the weather is cooperating for a little bit. Um, I understand, though, that in Las Vegas, it was like 99 degrees at the start of the match, which is Sacramento weather. So they were kind of used to it, unless, except for the wind. I mean, we did see the wind, but I'm doing good. It'll be interesting uh, going forward to see the weather for the rest of the summer at all of our matches. I don't know. We're focused on weather. We talked about Las Vegas and Phoenix. I don't know how hot it is. Good. Luis, you good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, really happy to see us get three points this week. That's all I really asked for. And I'm glad that, you know, we'll look at the standings here shortly and in, in a happy mood <laughs> with the standings. But, you know, we can finally say, that we we are pretty close to that fourth spot. We're just a point away, in fact. And so, yeah, it's it's all, all for us there. And I hope this really motivates the, the team uh, in the future, too. Uh, I know you were flashing some of the stickers here on the screen. Uh, I did order a big order of stickers. So they should be on their way in the next uh, week or so. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout. Because for the game on the 31st, we should be pretty stacked up with stickers and ready to hand them out to whoever would like one. So reach out to us. We'll coordinate things. Or if you want us to just mail it to you, we'll get it mailed out too. That's that's fine as well. So let us know. Great. Well, also want to go over to Arizona and introduce our team member, Jared. How's it going, Jared? Welcome back. Uh, really excited to find out what our unsolved mystery will be later on. Uh, it's definitely going to be one to, to look for. Uh, I'm sure a lot of folks that, that were uh, watching the match from uh, whistle to whistle can definitely see some... Uh, some thoughts rolling in their mind, a few raised eyebrows, definitely going to be one to watch for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really, really excited to hear what people's thoughts are on that. And, and for us to give, give our own thoughts right on, on exactly what, <laughs> what what would be the answer to that mystery. So keep tuning in to find out. We're going to go over that 
at the end. So we'll keep you waiting, but trust me, it's it's really worth it. Well, awesome. Speaking of USL Unsolved Mysteries, on the last podcast, that when we introduced uh, this topic officially, I should say, uh, our question was, how does Orange County Soccer Club generate revenue? And we did have someone uh, give us an interesting response, which we hadn't actually mentioned it before, but it does kind of make sense. It's not a funny response. <laughs> um, and that is actually that they mentioned that Rangers, who is a partner of Orange County, right? They just uh, did a partnership, I believe, like a year, two years ago or something like that, where they loan out players to Orange County and, you know, they give them some game time and whatnot. And so that is what they responded. I think that might be the case, but I'm still wondering why would Rangers Glasgow want to spend money knowing that the return isn't going to be there, right? Like, why are they just going to just throw money out there and be like, all right, here you go. Here you go, Orange County. <laughs> well, so. let's also remember that Orange County is a rather affluent county. Uh, I mean, it, it does have some uh, less than so uh, areas here and there. But, uh, I mean, you, you have a lot of health care out there in Orange County. And then, yes, the uh, theme park with the mouse and, and whatnot. So I would think that the Glasgow Rangers may want to invest in a uh, – not a very major area, but a financially secure area such as Orange County. So that probably could have led, helped that lead to the uh, relationship that they have with Orange County SC. Well, it does seem, Jared, that a lot of the European clubs are, you know, wiggling their way into MLS and USL, you know, by having uh, tethers, so to speak, here. But that's a lot of money, you know, considering that they're, very few fans. Anybody who's ever gone to an Orange County match or anybody who's watched it on television, there was one game where our fans seemed to outnumber the Orange County fans and we mm-hmm. were a heck of a lot louder. So, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's an unsolved mystery at this point. Yeah. And, and one that might never know the answer to, but we're going to keep doing our research because it is really interesting what's going on over there and i'm gonna actually ask a couple of fans that i know of right uh uh, the orange and black podcast uh, that is around there and get their thoughts on it because i'm i'm curious what a fan would say right (laughs) they're the ones who see them there they're the ones that go to the home games most of the time and uh yeah we we want we want an answer to this or, or something directly from a fan there so we'll we'll do our research find out some stuff and then we'll uh, report as we have something uh, on this too because we are going to be playing against Orange County again so I'll try to have something for that podcast when we talk about that game that we have on the 24th and uh, we'll see we'll see what they say podcast cat has arrived making an early appearance eh? <laughs> uh, cool awesome well let's go ahead then and go straight to this game right I said it at the start of this podcast a 2-1 win a Las Vegas, something that we were expecting, right? Because we know Las Vegas Lights tends to be a weaker side. And if we couldn't beat the Lights, then ooh, we would have been in a world of trouble. And we would have been wondering, who can we actually beat if we can't beat the Lights, right? <laughs> so wanted to start off uh, asking Jennifer if you could, you know, give us your uh narrative on like what it's like to go to Cashman Field like what's the stadium like and what was it like uh during game day this week 
Um, I mean, Cashman Field, uh, you know, it is an older uh, uh, stadium. It was a baseball uh, field prior. Um, so you still see the outline of the diamond if you're looking hard enough. Um, it's old. It was built in the 80s. So you have your pros and your cons <laughs> with it. Um, overall, they take care of it. Um, it's, you know, fairly small, but uh, I, I would say like it's it's comfy. <laughs> it's It's not one of those where you feel like, you know, it's too small, but it's, or, you know, it's not too big. It's that like comfy zone right in that middle. Um, but being there, it's, it's hard not to get in just absolutely invested into what is going on. The, there's an energy here at Cashman Field that, um, you know, I'm sure you guys get the same experience, you know, at Heart Health and it, it just, no matter if it's your team or if it's another team, you just get involved and invested and it's, it's absolutely fun. Um, I am actually a season ticket holder. So <laughs> it's kind of a, like, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a strange experience to go there cheer, cheering for Sacramento <laughs> because, you know, when I normally am going there, I'm rooting on the lights just because, you know, I'm, I'm here and I go to several lights games. Wait a minute. Um, do you do you ever feel like a little bit of a traitor? I mean, just a tiny bit. The way people were treating me on Wednesday, I did feel like a traitor. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, it's one of those like, I mean, Sacramento is my team. It's my hometown. It's I they will always be my team. Uh, but I just love soccer. So anytime I get to just be in that atmosphere and watch a game win or lose, uh, you know, whatever team it is. It's just something that I, I feel lucky to get to experience it. Um, and yeah, overall, it's just, it's a great, um, just a great experience there. Okay. So I have a question and this is from, uh, Scott, uh, Bradford. I had a question of him while the game was going on and I, I sent him a message and I said, Scott, from the television, the way I see it, that field looks narrow and kind of small because it looked like the players would take three steps and they would be from like the corner to the penalty box. It just didn't look very distant. It just looked kind of scrunched up. And he said it's kind of short and it's kind of small. It's definitely not the size of Heart Health Park. What's your take on that, Jennifer? I would 100% agree. <laughs> um um, and I know um, watching it on TV, uh, it looks like, once again, I said, you know, it's it was built in the 80s. Um, and you look like you're watching a game in the 80s. Uh, so the, the picture quality is not the best. So it makes it look even worse. Uh, but no, the word comfy that I used earlier, I would associate that with the pitch as well. Um, just because, yes, it, it, it was not supposed to be a, a soccer field. Right. Um, I've never heard so. the word comfy used for a stadium or pitch. I mean, my house, maybe, but <laughs> I thought that that was an interesting description. And I know those of us who are watching it on TV, I have no idea where your cameras are, but it looked like they're in the third row as opposed to an So it seemed like, you know, we were looking, it, the angles were very strange. Jennifer, I don't know if you've watched games, the Las Vegas games when they're at home, from not home. I mean, like on, on television or broadcast, because it just looks different that it, it's almost like they can't quite get the right 
perspective for the soccer game. And one minute you're like, they're zoomed in on five people's legs. And, and then the next minute you're kind of getting a bit of perspective of where everybody is on the field, but it was very different watching that game versus some of the other matches. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I had not watched it uh, on TV. I would actually see clips on like Twitter and I, I would think like, oh my goodness, what's going on? This is disgusting. And then I would actually like go on the ESPN plus and be like, oh yeah, I actually, it is that way. It looks like it's actually the refs holding a camera just running down the field. <laughs> um, so that's, it, it's very elementary in that way. Um, it's, it's quite embarrassing because Vegas is known for being, you know, glitz and glamour, um, but it just does not show on the the camera. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine having like a helmet cam on the refs and just say, well, yeah, we really do. It is really the refs running around with the camera. It's just the POV from the refs is basically <laughs> what you get when you watch a Vegas game. <laughs> That's so funny. Way to put it. <laughs> oh, imagine if that was a thing and... <laughs> At the last game, we would have seen a lot of perspective of Sacramento players, right? Because the referee was just pulling red cards like no other. <laughs> um, so I have a question for you, being that, uh, you know, you've been to lights games and all that. We know them very well because of their, like, extravagant uh, uh, promotions that they do, right? Like, the one that always comes to mind to me is that those million dollars that they kind of threw from the helicopter, uh, were you at that particular game and have you been at like other games where they do like all these weird promotional things? And I think you even bring out a llama, I think, or some animal. That's like one of their mascots is the llamas. They actually just introduced two more llamas. Um, so I was not at the, the money throwing. We were actually joking about it with some people there. We were, my husband and I were saying, well, we just hope it wasn't quarters that they were throwing because it could have been really bad. Uh, but no, the uh, one of the first games this uh, this season that we were actually able to go to during um, halftime, they had everybody go up on the pitch and we had a water balloon fight, um, mm. which was quite interesting. Um, Wednesday, we had camels there. I don't know if you guys saw that on TV. Um yeah, and then I think yeah, the game totally hump day. They they got yeah. the hump day, <laughs> and they <laughs> had them just walking across <laughs> the field. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's Vegas, so they have to have a little showiness to them, I guess. Um, anything, I guess, to you know, take away from those horrific uh, jerseys, um, I think, is a plus. <laughs> uh, but. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's Vegas. Any type, that's all I could say is it's Vegas. Well, that's interesting. I love your perspective. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. We've heard from Jared before on some of the other matches that he's attended. The perspective of of yeah. being in the you know in a in a different stadium, and you know, I don't even know, Jared, if you've been to Las Vegas for a match, have you? I I have. I actually went in 2019. Uh, I, I try to remember if it was in, I think it was May 2019. Uh, a few of us from the battalion actually did make it to, to the match down there. Uh, I actually stayed at the Plaza Hotel, which is kind of the unofficial Tower Bridge Battalion Hotel. And actually getting from the stadium from there was actually not that bad. Uh, I can't quite remember the promotion that they were doing that night, but uh 
I mean, going around the stadium, it was nice and everything like that. And I will say one of their sponsors, uh, Haritos, which is like a, a Mexican type of soda brand, they actually sponsored the club. So you could actually go into the concessions and get one of those big bottles of like uh, tamarind, um, mandarin, um, all sorts of the, uh, the, the big jugs that granted you could probably get for like a dollar or a dollar fifty at most supermarkets. But, you know, they got they got a jack of the price. But but no, I mean, it, it was a good experience over there when, when I went. I tried to go last March when they were having their guaranteed win promotion, but that's when uh, Miss Rona decided to show her face around there. But uh, overall, it's not too bad of an experience over there. I mean, I do definitely go over the top because, like Jennifer said, it's it's Vegas. <laughs> so one would wonder how it compares to you know running over the pitcher's mound up in Reno. I mean, did they finally did they level out the pitcher's mound in, in Las Vegas, Jennifer? Can you? You said there was remnants of a, a ball diamond, but, you know, you have to look hard at, for that. But, you know, typically when you try to put a soccer field where there was an infield and a lot of dirt, it, it it's a little bit rough. So I wonder how bumpy the turf was. It doesn't seem that bad. I mean, like I said, every time, well, after every game, they allow everyone to go up on the pitch and there's kind of like an after party. Um, so I've been on there quite a few times uh, and I didn't feel it it felt normal there. You kind of just see the outline of where it used to be where like grass has grown over it. But um, it. yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, unlike it, it was in Reno. <laughs> yeah. Reno, Reno was a different story and, you know, one upping Reno is the Oakland roots and hopefully Laney field will, will get better. Oakland roots totally took poor, poor field, to a whole different level. Oh my goodness. They can't catch a break. No, they sure can't catch a break. And now they're down with COVID and I'm hoping that, you know, everybody gets better there in Oakland, but I digress. Yeah. You you know, it's kind of interesting, right? Because we would have probably imagined like, Oh, and former baseball field would be worse than Oakland, right? (laughs) Oakland can't have anything worse than that. And they're like, hold on, we can actually top that. It's not going to look as bad. And, and, (laughs) on the image right but once you look closely yeah it's it's actually worse i know the phrase hold my beer says oakland yeah basically that actually probably more hold my weed but whatever <laughs> all right jared time to make a meme right there. you're giving jared meme ideas all right i am <laughs> really between between uh the you know the ball diamond up in um uh reno and oakland say we got this <laughs> that's why they're the new Reno, right? They were like, you know oh what? We are yeah. going to be the new Reno. Here you go. <laughs> we'll give you the whole experience. Oh my goodness. Like, of all the greenery in Oakland, none of it on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jennifer, I wish you could have been there, man. It was just, that was a, that was kind of like a sorry day because Jared had made this, I don't know if you know, but Jared made this grand trip just to go see the Oakland match, right? But then he also had a disco thing going in the evening. Um, however, when the match was was yanked, we're all just, I was like, what do you do? I mean, it must've been in Jared's mind, we talked about this. It's like, I did all this for that and who's gonna refund my tickets? But at the end of the day, I think you ended up capitalizing on, you know, going oh, to yeah. San Francisco and having your, what was that thing called? It's uh, called Booty. It's uh, a mashup club. Uh, they 
they're starting to uh, open up again as far as the, uh, the the individual nights. I think they had one in L.A. recently. They're going up in Seattle, uh, where currently it's on a monthly basis. But uh, once the uh, tailgate kind of faded out, I headed over back to my hotel, got a uh, a power-up brownie, I'll put it that way, and then kind of made a costume change and then headed over to the DNA lounge afterwards. So needless to say, there was only a couple hours sleep before getting back on the plane to Phoenix. Oh, well. I was watching all of your guys's tweets that night and I just felt my heart went out for you guys so bad. And I was actually fearful. We had like a freak windstorm right before the game. And I was so afraid they were going to cancel, but it would not have come close to what you guys experienced going out to Oakland. Yeah, because yeah. We, we couldn't see that field as though you could see the windstorm. You knew what was coming. Like, we can see the fires, you know, if, if they're going to cancel here at Heart, uh, Heart Health Park. We see the fires or the, we see the air quality or the heat. So, you know, we kind of, we even last weekend, we thought that the game might get canceled or even pushed back even later because they've been known to do that, you know, for um, temperature and health reasons. But, yeah, you, we, nobody... Luis was befuddled because I knew before Luis, we knew outside because nobody had, none of us had gone in, but Luis was curious what the field and what that experience looked like. So Luis, Luis went in the stadium and, and I'm, we're talking, he and I are communicating. He said, Luis, the game's, game's canceled. He goes, no, it can't be because they're still warming up. So it was, it was a shocker. It was definitely a, a, a shocker. Yeah, yeah. I think, was it one of you guys were doing like a live uh, feed yeah, from we, there. Yeah. And just from that yeah. live feed, I was looking at it and I'm like, what is this? I, I just could not believe like it just the, my husband was like, isn't this something that they should check before they are brought into the US? <laughs> like, you would think you would think, I mean, looking at one picture off of Twitter, it looked like the, uh, the small model from a uh, Beetlejuice, you know, how they had the pull up carpet. Yeah. That was basically uh, accurate, accurate stuff. <laughs> That's a good, good way to put it. Anyhow, so, yeah, so. Luis, Luis, what are we going to talk a little bit about the game? I've loved talking about these experiences at the fields <laughs> and and all that other stuff. But we have something really important uh, to to kind of. It's almost like revel in. I mean, I don't want to revel too much because you know my heart was broken for so many matches, and then to get like what happened on Wednesday to have that happen. It's like, do I get elated or do I just kind of stay calm? Yeah, that, that's true. And, and you know what? I would say we should all stay calm. And that's why maybe <laughs> I'm not like celebrating as much. Uh, I mean, it's good. We wanted, we needed the three points, right? It's like one of those things where you need something. Once you get it, you're like, okay, I got it, but I can't be really happy right now. Right. Because for one, uh, you know, we had, a, a good game, right? I mean, uh, definitely better than uh, other games in the past. But for two, I think it's one of those things where Lights actually managed to score on us. We had multiple opportunities that could have been a goal. And, oh, man, if, if you all go back, if you, you didn't catch this one, Cameron missed, I think, the easiest goal that I've ever seen us be able to score in the history of watching Republic games. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there. I'd be curious to ask him, like, what happened? Why why did you miss that shot? That could have been his, like, 
booster of confidence that could have like led to maybe Cameron scoring again more, but he missed that. And it's like, no, don't miss these things. You're giving me flashbacks to last season. (laughs) I know it's a sitter, Cameron. It was a sitter. Yeah. He could have easily kept it to the ground. Maybe not so much as a quick uh, chip because there was a one defender running up, but at least an an elevated uh, ground kick to, you know, put some power into it to push it along why he decided to, to kick to, uh, to the uprights, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe it's just a heated moment to try to gauge how hard to kick it and maybe put a little bit too much English onto it. But that was possibly one of the most opportune times to get one in. It easily could have been 3-1, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, especially because we needed goals, right? That goal differential is not looking great and this was the opportunity to continue to uh, help out with that but and then not just that right but we would have ended the game a lot more calmer right because after light scored their goal we were all in like panic mode like oh no no don't do this don't (laughs) Don't. make me park the bus yeah (laughs) basically right it's like come on not against the lights we could park the bus against anyone else but not the the lights so, I mean, we've joked for how many years about, oh, can we please play the Las Vegas lights again and again and again? They're so easy, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, they kind of put up a bit of a fight. Yeah. Yeah, they're at the end, too. So right now we're taking a look at the highlights. And if anyone didn't watch the game, highly suggest you go back on, on YouTube. Look at uh, the hashtag LVVSAC uh, video, right, from the highlights from this Wednesday's game. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny if you guys actually do that. Uh, the first uh, play, right, that they show is is like the beginning of the game. And I don't know if y'all here notice, right, but it almost looks like it was two different cameras. <laughs> uh, at first, it's like, it almost looks like it's a camera from just a fan, right? I, I just imagine a fan taking their camcorder and <laughs> recording. And then suddenly a couple of minutes after, right, literally like three minutes after, you get a different angle. And even the camera looks a lot different. <laughs> but like they asked the... Like someone like, hey, can you let me borrow your camera right now? Because my camera's not working. We need to, you know, broadcast this game right now. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean yeah. all you need, all you need is whatever Las Vegas light score. You just need some sort of synthwave uh, celebration music going on with the camcorder there to <laughs> just complete that '80s feel. So, in the first goal, I mean, for, for all that, yeah, I mentioned, of course, earlier about Cameron missing that one and, and whatnot. I got to say, I mean, at least that, that was a pretty nifty assist, right? To, to see Tucker getting an opportunity there, right? To see him unmarked, which really great, right? He was unmarked and everyone wasn't really paying attention to him. And he gets that goal, right? So I think big credit to Cameron in, in this case for, you know, just looking at him and, and seeing that he was open. What yeah. are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that was brilliant on Cam to not try to turn. I mean, he was playing definitely back to goal at that point and, you know, to just lay it off to the wide open dude. And Cam knew he had drawn the defenders. He knew he had, what, two or three guys on his back. So I, I thought that was brilliant what Cam did, um, you know, to, to let that happen. Yeah, I think Vegas really underestimated Sacramento. They I was, thought they had this yes. in the bag. And I don't think, I mean, you know, Sacramento coming off of, I mean, what, four games in 10, 12 days, if I'm 
doing my math right. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, Vegas came off of two wins and they just showed up thinking that, oh, you know what, we got this. And Sacramento went hard right from, you know, right from the get go. And Vegas had to constantly catch up the entire game. And, and I agree. It's funny because the first thought that went through my head after the game was over was Vegas didn't respect us. You know, they thought, like you just said, that they had it in the bag because, oh, it's just Sacramento. They've been like not winning. And it's like, no, you can't count Sacramento out, even though our hearts have been broken for, you know, several weeks. Um, you know, this that you just can't count Sacramento out. You can't. Mm-mm. And and how about that throw in from uh Jordan McCrary, right? I mean, it, it looked like a corner kick. I mean, Jordan McCrary's throw in was much better than a lot of our corner kicks this season, <laughs> which is so ironic, right? It's like, why can't you kick it like that? <laughs> well, not everybody can be Pete Pinnanen, you know, with the, with the throw-ins or, or the corner kicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. And that's why there should be no one else but him or someone else but definitely don't give it to juju please don't don't have him throw do a or, corner or, kick again oh, please. no 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 yeah no no pete pete's the master of finesse i mean you know just like Derek formella those guys have been playing since they were you know peanuts and you, you just can tell but have jordy out there you know doing his his magic jordy actually did a, had a solid match this this game I thought Jordan McCrary yeah. looked like the Jordan of old and he was in a different um, position. They had mentioned that he was in a, a different position this game. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Well, he did a good job in that position, right? I, I can recall two tackles that were like right at the limit, right? One of those tackles that it's like, if you don't get the ball, you're going to get the man and it could be a red card or it could be a penalty kick. And he he goes at them right, and it's it's so awesome when when you get those because you know he's stopping a clear opportunity from happening. So yeah, really glad glad to see him. He he's deserved it. I mean, you, you could tell right every time he steps on the pitch, he he wants to give it his all. He's not one of those players that holds back. Yeah, and from an entertainment standpoint, he's hilarious. Uh, hearing him uh, was probably one of the highlights of my night. Just hearing him run his mouth. Uh, I'm actually surprised he didn't get some more cards on him because his mouth. But he he was absolutely the highlight of my night that uh, that game. So between Jordan and Derek, and sometimes Mitch, you know, they're they some. They sometimes can get a little into a little bit of trouble with their mouths. Yeah. It's interesting. I was worried. I was yeah. really worried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no one's got, got a mouth like, like Dom Jakubek though. Oh he, my God. He, oh. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get, get with the verbal fight with him, boy. Nope. Oh no. No, no, no. Yeah. We, so, we know. <laughs> so what did you guys think of, uh, you, you have the, you frozen the frame. So you guys don't know who are listening, but, uh, you know, we're watching some of the highlights. We have the freeze frame on Tomas Gomez. And so what did everybody think of his performance? Um, the, 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 I, well, number one, he had an assist essentially <laughs> for the second goal. If you count it that way. Although when a, when a player touches the ball as many times as Tucker Bone did on the second goal, is it an assist or is it just Tucker Bone, you know, solo, a solo score? Or was there an assist there from Tomas? 
I think it's just Tucker Bone on his own, right? Because he had to do more than than just kick it, right? Which I think that's basically how an assist is usually called upon, right? It's just the pass, one touch goes in, but he still, you know, did, did his play, which got a hand it to Tucker, right? We've seen him do this a couple of times this season, right? Where he tries to uh, juke the players and, and it works out and, you know, he gets a clear chance at goal and he's one of those players that, you know, you get him, give him one chance and he might score. And preparing for this podcast, I wanted to say the words to anybody who has heard me in the past. I told you so. Tucker Bones got feet. The dude can move the ball. He can move his body with the ball. He can shake and juke and all that other stuff. It was something I wasn't expecting out of somebody, you know, like him. And he can do it. And he's going to be one of those does it all kind of guys. And I, I really appreciate his play and his, you know, drive. And there's been a lot of good comments on social media you know, the never give up and, you know, just keep pressing and pushing. And I, I like that about, uh, about Tucker, the energy that he brings is just intense. When Tucker's on, he's on. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way I can explain how he is like, you know, but when he's off, he's off. So it's that like unevenness uh, of him that, you know, it's kind of, it's he's worrisome. Gotta he's got to work on it. Yeah. He's yes, gotta work. Absolutely. But watching Gomez, it was it was great. Watch it. That I I my jaw hit the floor when I watched that. It was just it it he set it up perfectly, um, and I definitely feel like it was a whole new Gomez versus last game. Like yes. I don't know if he wasn't feeling well or what was going on last game, um, but it just seemed like a whole other, um, just whole other person. Yeah, this was definitely the Gomez that I missed from earlier and this I have season. To, I mean, oh, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I was going to say almost the same thing. Keep going. He was field directing. He was actually directing. I could see his mouth moving, and I could see the pointing, and I could see more direction from him this match than I had seen in the past. I uh, completely agree. I mean, he's definitely controlling traffic. I mean, like like he's supposed to. And this is the result that happens. I mean, you, you create opportunities even from the back end. Got it out to Tucker. Did Tucker did his fancy footwork? Got it in for the brace. And as my meme put out, he managed to sneak out quietly on his tippy toes with three points for Republic FC. Yeah, I, I got to hand it down to to Moss because to, to have that vision of seeing you know the player up front have an opportunity to know that like, hey, let me kick this ball real quick, right? Because this guy seems like he could, he could have a clear opportunity at goal is something else. And it's the first time that we see him have, uh, you know, okay, maybe they didn't call it an assist, right? Like we were saying earlier, but having a vision to say like, look, I'm going to go pass it on to this guy and not just, you know, just kick it up in the air and, and hope for the best, right? Because we see a lot of goalkeepers out there kind of do that, right? Not really have a vision in mind. And when you have these sort of plays that happen with the goalkeeper, then you know that they're really connected with the team, right? They're really connected with the game and what's going on. And, you know, I almost want to say that a part of his change is thanks to the fact that for once we were actually up in the scoreline, right? How long has it been since we've actually been <laughs> like winning and especially so early on? And it's so crazy, right? But we know our sport is like a bunch of psychology, right? Behind the sport. You start winning. Your mentality is a lot different. Players try to like uh, uh, do something like Tucker Bone, right? Doing that juke there. 
more things start like working out, you start shooting and you start getting good shots. Like it's, it's a big uh, confidence booster. And I think that's exactly what, what we saw on Wednesday is that a different team that was so uh, confident in that, you know, these things happen and, you know, he got the goal there. Unfortunately, again, the Cameron thing didn't go in, but uh, at least Tucker, you know, took advantage of the opportunities that he had in that first half to make sure that like going into the second half, we were at least much more calmer than we would have been right if it would have just been 1-0. So how did they score? Let's roll that one. I'm really curious on on how Las Vegas ended up scoring scoring their goal because I, I was trying to, I replayed it for myself and it's like, where was the breakdown on that goal? So corner kick, right? Minute uh, 74th, uh, you get a header, you get a player that passes the ball back and you get a goal there, so... How did, how did we part, how did we open up that channel though? You know, that, that, how did we, how did that get so wide open? It was almost like, it's almost like the goal that Tucker scored, you know, off of um, Cameron's pass back. It it felt a lot like that, but how did we get so spread out where there was a clear shooting alley? How did that happen? Who, who lost track and who was just ball watching? Ultimately, the guy who scores wasn't being marked. So in that play, I think someone wasn't marking the guy that should have been marking him, right? Yeah. Um, well, I know that Dan Casey came in on the near post um, or the near post from the corner kick. I know Dan covered that, but I don't n- know if anybody else collapsed. I'm, I'm trying to see if Hayden was ball watching or was anybody moving anywhere? You know, I was just because we've been kind of harsh on Hayden. This season, oh yeah, <laughs> um, you know, for the games that he's played and and a couple of the foibles that he's made and you know all that comes with experience. But if nobody's going to step out and cover the uh, the pass back, that's I don't know. That's just kind of a, a weird thing, you know. It's I'm sure they're going to talk about it. The team is going to talk about ball watching versus you know playing. <clears throat> you know, I pro- I don't know why Duke was. Uh... So far out, far out. Yeah, I think he should have been in the center because you know he already. I mean, Jordan was already marking right the man that was near uh, the corner, so Duke should have been out back. I don't know. I mean, maybe that doesn't change anything, right? But I just feel like Duke uh, shouldn't have been where he was at. Right? He should have at least been over there helping out too. Right? Yeah. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess Dan Dan was Dan was getting a near post, but there was there was a little ball watching. At any rate, I know that they'll fix that. You know, those are the little details that um, Mark Briggs, Coach Mark Briggs, is always saying we're going to fix the little stuff. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, right, it happens in a game where you're already winning two nil. So you know, you take it a little more lighter than you would, right? If that wouldn't have been the case too. So. All very interesting. Well, enough of them scoring a goal, but I will say after that, the attitude slightly changed our, our attitude. And even the um, announcers kind of noticed that, you know, we kind of, there was a little bit of a a problem with, with that, but, um, but then we just kept fighting and we didn't stop giving up. Um, And, and pretty soon we're going to talk about, um, the next USL unsolved mystery here in a second. But um, I thought that there's smoke, there yellow, that yellow. So Jennifer, is that yellow smoke stuff? Is that like common 
I mean, this was even after they scored, they kind of kept blowing that smoke over the field. What is that about? Yeah, they do that all the time. And it actually, it's quite hilarious. I don't know if you guys could hear this on TV, but right as they were doing it, they actually had this whole um, like advertisement about not like helping people quitting smoking as <laughs> yes. the stuff was like coming down. And I actually like put my sunglasses back on because it was, it burns my eyes really bad. Um, and of course it just fills up your lungs and that and the confetti. Um, those are the, the things that it's constant, uh, during the games. And it, it just, to me, it interferes with, with the game, you know, like I, there, um, it wasn't on during this game. I think it was actually, uh, lights and, uh, Tacoma, uh, I think it was a couple, a few weeks ago and you, you couldn't even see the field. It was Ooh. so, it was so bad. Um, and yeah, so that's unfortunately normal. I'm surprised USL doesn't take any action against that, right? Because it's not just the, the I mean, the fans, which, you know, is probably, you know, most important thing, right? Because you have so many more people that are being affected. But I mean, it affects the match as well, right? You can give an unfair advantage to the home team versus the away team, right? Because they know more of their pitch and, and all that and might be blowing more against uh, um, the away side. And so, yeah, I'm surprised they don't they don't take action, right? And say like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Sacramento doesn't allow flares at all. I mean, they don't allow any of that, you know, the smoke bombs, the flares, as far as I know. I mean, if they do do it, they have to kind of like get special permission and, you know, they have to let the the team know they have to let the front office know and ask permission to have anything like that. Um, you know, we do it. Our, uh, the team does it themselves by having the fireworks and and that sort of stuff. But I, I haven't seen anything from the fan zone. You're right. Louis. It's kind of fun. So well, go well, ahead. Well, Oh, sorry. Uh, well, the reason behind that is because Cal Expo is technically a state of California property. So they have to abide by uh, state of California fire uh, safety rules. So that's that right. would explain why you don't see uh, the pyro popping off as often compared to other places. And I did notice as well that uh, electric company did set off the pyro when they were down to nothing, which I thought, um, <laughs> I saw that and I saw your mention of that. It's like, that was the weirdest thing. Like y'all are, y'all are down to nothing, but bless you. I, mean, I love the fight in your heart. But try that when you're up to nothing. Yeah. The pyro. Yeah. Setting the pyro up. I mean, so before- poor lights though. I mean, you, they... They need to, I mean, I feel like they want to light up those flares. And if they wait until they're actually winning to light them up, then It'll they're going to be stocked up on some good inventory of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, their supporters group, they win or lose. They are acting like they are in first place <laughs> constantly. I love it. Yeah, they, they go hard. They go very hard. Yeah, I, I, I love the effort. I love the enthusiasm. I mean, that's what's yeah. My only problem is the confetti. Um, there was a, a situation during the game, and I don't know if it's caught on TV when um, they were doing a corner kick, and these kids were throwing confetti, and, and even I think it was, I think it was Pennant, and he kind of like looks back and like, "Why are you guys throwing confetti on me?" Um, and so you know, disrespect every now and again. Um, of course, I was running my mouth 
um, <laughs> you know, you're doing it towards my, my guy, like, come on. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, and once again, it goes back to that comfy uh, stadium where, you know, we're kind of kind of on top of each other. So the smoke has really nowhere to go and the confetti has nowhere to go but the field. Um, so if you look at the field, it's just confetti, confetti and smoke is all you see. That's crazy. I'm, I'm glad they that they don't throw uh, the beer in the cups and all that other stuff like some of the other stadiums do. I, I think Reno may have had a couple beer chucking moments at matches. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we didn't see any of that. Yeah. Reno, Phoenix, Louisville, they've done it before. And I'm glad that, that uh, we don't have any of that problems yet. Yeah. <laughs> but with these referees and uh, Orange County in town, mm, don't know. So the next game is the 24th. Who, who do we, Oh, Oh, you were going to look at team stats. Sorry, Luis. Uh, oh, yeah, um, real quick, yeah, lo- looking at, at the stats, I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? The Lights got 66% possession. Um, I don't quite agree with that, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the people doing these stats have no idea how to do possession because we've kind of disagreed with their statistical information uh, as of late. But what is not uh, disagreeable is that we did get five yellow cards. I'm really glad we didn't get another red card because we've had enough of those already. <laughs> But but we did get five lights at 12 fouls, no yellow cards, which again, it's like, okay, that's that's interesting, right? <laughs> the trend continues with our rivals not getting as uh, much yellow cards as they should. But overall, I mean, it was good. We, we had seven corners against us. So, I mean, good stuff that at least we didn't get any more than just one goal out of those seven because it could have been a, a tie or even we could have lost from that. But overall, I think getting the win kind of uh, makes us not be as angry at, at Cam, right? Like we said earlier, right? Because he, he missed that. Yeah. Imagine if we would have tied, we would have just been like, what is going on, guys? Like that is the last thing we want to see <laughs> from us. So at the very least, we scored two goals, that uh, we get the three points, and now we can finally focus on the teams who are at the top because those are the teams that we should be proving our worth. And if we can beat one of those, then all right, I'm buying in on us having a different mentality and on the team actually moving up. Right. But right now, like you're saying, uh, Sharon, should we celebrate or not? Yeah. Let's, let's all keep calm. It's not like a big moment to really go out there. Right. But if we beat Phoenix or Orange County, then all right, let's, let's do some celebration because now the team is is back where we want, want it to be. Well, and the interesting thing is our next match on Saturday. By the way, the guys are all on vacation and break for now. But mm-hmm. um, next Saturday on the 24th, they'll be in Orange County. Um, the match is at 7 p.m. So we will see what that test looks like. And I would love our podcast to be a happy thing post that match, you know, to analyze that match. I would love to have a happy, another happy podcast. Oh yeah. I, I, I hope so too. Right. And at the, or at the very least a tie, right. Because we are traveling away. So I think I wouldn't be mad at a tie D- depending how it happens. Maybe too, of course, but a tie would be at least what we should ask <laughs> of them uh, there as well. So let's go ahead and move over to man of the match. We're actually bringing that back because we finally got a win. 
<laughs> we finally, I think, all might have uh, a different, or it might be the same one, right? That we might all mention, but feel free to mention wherever you'd like. If we say the same one, all good, right? But let's go ahead and start with our special guest tonight, Jennifer. Who was your man of the match? I kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, McCreary, uh, just entertainment wise, that slide tackle, I, you know, it, it's, he, he had my eyes on, I had my eyes on him the entire game. He was just entertaining to watch and he was actually attacking the ball, which I haven't seen us do because out of fear of <laughs> cards, you know, we were afraid to attack the ball and that's what he was doing. Um, so 100% uh, Jordan McCreary. All right, I think Sharon wrote down on a piece of paper who were men of the match. I was going to say, next time for our man of the matches, we should all write the name down on a piece of paper and then all do one, two, three, and then show it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. We'll, we'll do that for, for the next match. Uh, hopefully, see, we want to say a man of the match for the next one, right? But right. yeah, we'll. And mine's Tucker, mine's Tucker Bone. I mean, he scored two goals. And even though, you know, there was some assists and all that other stuff, to, the man of match. So then I went on Amazon and it's like, okay, can you buy cheap? And I hate wasting, I hate buying plastic and wasteful stuff. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be really cool at the next home match when Tucker Bone got on the field that we prearranged that we all throw a T-bone onto the field, a fake plastic T-bone or a, a bone or something like that. One of those, like a plastic bone and then collect them up and we take them back after that. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? You know, because he scored two goals. We got we to gotta win in Vegas. So we'll have to see what happens in Orange County. If, if any of that comes true, you know, Dan, well, I'm going to be going and looking for plastic a dog toy steaks, things that look like a T-bone, right? Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Sounds like a yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you throw toast at a Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, it's kind of like, hey, let's have the toast. And so it's like, Tucker Bone, brr, there's the bone. <laughs> when he announced his name. Yeah, the, the T-bone, which, you know, he, he might actually be uh, starting, right? He's been starting as of late. And if he keeps it up, I think he's going to, continue to be a starter which uh, i'm glad it's working out for him i, I know I've, i always say he's better off uh coming in as a sub but you know it looks like he's, he's starting to show that maybe the starter role might actually suit him best so really really glad because if it, that suits him best then uh, all good stuff and by the way if uh, y'all didn't watch the team actually did a little short um video on him right with like history of his parents and, and all that and if you haven't seen it go check it out it was really interesting I, I think the team put it up on social media as well i i watched it i think during halftime but really yeah, cool really served. interesting he served in the air force he, he kept the um yeah. he kept a fire alive from his family yeah and i was lucky enough to kind of shake everyone's hand as they were walking off the field and I waited for him. Um, and he's just, he's an absolute sweetheart. Um, just, uh, everybody was, um, but yeah, no, actually, you know, took the time to come up and, you know, do a quick chat with my husband and I, so, um, yeah, he, he's class act for sure. Oh yeah. So, same happened to me when we were at Oakland and that, unfortunate situation that happened like the the guy could have kept talking right and and super thankful for us for making the trip out there but i think out of all the guys that day i mean he's the one who 
he could have kept going right i think i ended up telling him all right well thank you like i'll, I'll let you talk to other friends but uh re- really cool stuff and like i always say we're gonna probably get him on the podcast we're, we're gonna try and uh, get that coordinated so we can hopefully have him be our, our first uh player that we get this season or current active player i should say because uh, i'm sure he has so many interesting stories to say and now that we know that he served as well hey i'm, I'm curious to know his story uh on those moments as well so uh cool well let's go to you jared who's your man of the match gotta gotta say we bone thugs and old glory red tucker bow's my man of the match i mean the the fact that he set the tone early with with the first goal and then managed to to worm his way through defenders knock that second goal in i mean for the remainder of the match that set the tone for vegas granted yes they did strike back but uh, he he just went hard all game. So so Tucker is once again my man of the match. Awesome. I am gonna also agree with you three, <laughs> um, or with you two, I should say. Um, Tucker, and not just because he scored, I think the two goals, but most importantly because he scored the match winning goal right, which ultimately ended up being that second goal. And the way he scored that second goal, I mean, he prepared the goal on his own after he got the ball right from Tomas. Like, it it was all Tucker Bone, all him, right? And so having those moments, having those players that do those things brings me back memories to our good old podcast magic, Billion Vijev, who, uh, you know, we really miss every day and whatnot. But seeing Tucker kind of show that gameplay, I'm like, okay, great. We needed a player like that. It's one of the reasons why we uh, missed uh, Billion so much is because he was a different player, right? He was the kind of player who wasn't scared of doing those things, right? And and who actually did them, right? Because it's one thing to want to try and do them and another thing for them to actually work out. And so really great to see him do that. And uh, I'm really excited for, you know, that what what's to come up next, right? Because this is his first race he's had with us. And uh, I'm sure it's going to motivate him a lot for upcoming matches. Yeah, I think it's going to actually motivate the rest of the guys because individually they do like to be a little competitive. The goal scorers don't want to be left behind. You know, if Tucker's got a brace, you know, darn well, Derek Formella is going to be trying just a little bit harder, you know, because everybody wants to be the top of the stat, uh, you know, the stat pile. Uh, They celebrate each other. Don't get me wrong, but you know darn well that there's going to be some guys going, I'm going to do that. So you know who who I liked at the game? This is the first time I've liked him, is Mario Panagos. This game, I liked him a lot. He was in better positions. He was doing a, a whole lot better with holding the ball and not getting stripped of the ball because he's been getting stripped. He's been getting like knocked around like a chew toy. And he did so much better. His passing accuracy, his trapping all of that, I, I was trusting him a whole lot more, you know, with the ball. And I was trusting Derek Formella with traps, you know, because there'd be some uh, long balls crossed or, or hard passing. And I'd be like, oh, can we get that? And boom, you know, the guys were bringing them down their soft feet. and They were doing the right things. But I was I was a little bit more impressed this time with Mario Panagos. He's not going to be my man of the match for sure. You know, I already named who mine was. But I'm looking for him. I'm looking for big things from him down the road because I think he's getting his feel. I think he's getting a little bit more of a feel for the game. He's not getting bounced around. He didn't get bounced around as much at the Las Vegas game. All the other games, man, he's like a chew toy. They just bounced him off the ball and off he went. That's awesome. I'm 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 glad to hear that you're buying into Mario finally. 
<laughs> I, I know how that's been. Uh, I was but, a holdout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Dan Casey fan, big time Dan Casey fan, because I think he's about the only one with a good swivel head right now, you know, back there. We all know, we all love, you know, um, Nobby. We really like Nobby. And, and I'm watching some of the other guys. I'm watching the gel. I'm, the mm. team felt like it was really starting to gel. It's just taking so freaking long for that to happen. You know, Pete Penniman, yeah. he was he was doing that up and back on the field. He was doing the typical midfielder, getting up and back and up and back and up and back and not getting too tired. Um, and then they subbed him out, but it was, it was a smart sub, right? They said he, I think he subbed out, but at any rate, I mean, it was the hot game that they subbed him out. Who knows? I'm blending the two matches. Um, I, I, I just thought everybody, I think everybody did a really good job in even the subs. Yeah. So it was really great. It was the game, as I said, right, that we needed to get those three points. If you didn't get them, then I don't know what what we would be saying <laughs> at this moment right now. And so with that being said, if we actually look at the standings, see, this time we're actually happy, right, saying that we're going to look at the standings. Um, we're still in seventh place. Nothing changed there. But, of course, if we look at points, we're basically, again, just one point away from fourth place lights <laughs> with 13 points. Uh, we got 12 points out of 12 games played. We're back to that one point per game uh, equation, which, you know, is not that great, but at least we're not that far off from that fourth spot. But if we look at the top three, right, you got Phoenix in first with 11 games played, 23 points, Orange County in second with 21 points and 12 games played, and then the Loyal with 13 games played, 21 points uh, as I said it in the past podcast, right, those top three spots, they are just uh, driving at 100 miles per hour. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be really hard to catch up to those teams. I mean, at this point, we're uh, basically nine points away from third and second place. Granted, Loyal does have one more uh, match played than us. But, you know, that's kind of the situation where uh, we are in. And so that's what makes it even more critical to make sure that we uh, get some points out of those games against those top three, because we know against Phoenix, we still got two more games. You got, they're going to be away against San Diego. We still have to have a couple more games, right? Uh, at home and uh, one more uh, back at San Diego and then Orange County, right? Our next uh, game uh, is, is right there. And so, Makes it really critical, right? You get those three points. You get a little bit closer to them. Uh, but at least you start to hopefully take ownership of that fourth spot because it's looking real tough to make it to that top three. And so I think the way things are going, as I keep saying it week over week, we are probably going to be fighting for that fourth spot. And if we do qualify, I, I feel like it's going to be in the fourth. I, I'd love to say in the top three, but... It's it's just looking really tough for that to be the case. And I will, and I do want to say, this will probably make you proud of me. I have not even reached for the Alka Seltzer gum this this week. <laughs> looking at the standings, <laughs> because the point situation is so close right now. If we could have somehow Tacoma, Los Dos, and uh, the lights either continue to lose or at least draw, and if we can somehow win in Irvine on the 24th. I mean, that jumps us into fourth. I mean, I know it's kind of a Cinderella situation, but I mean, it, it could happen. 
And then also to stay on the topic of the San Diego Loyals, uh, earlier today, um, Warren Smith, you know, uh, one of the one of the godfathers of, of the Republic FC, uh, did announce that he was uh, stepping down as president of, of the Loyal. Uh, not really sure what his next chapter is, but um, and this, this is just things I've heard all around. So don't quote me. Is that he he does want to try to spend more time with his family. So. I mean, if that's the case, you know, I, I know he has been busy with Republic FC, OKC Energy FC, and San Diego Loyal FC. So I know he's should take some uh, well-deserved time off with his family because I mean, he's a great man. He's always going to be missed where, wherever he goes. But I still owe him the, those Kitlifter beers. So since I didn't get a chance to see him uh, back in San Diego a couple of weeks ago, Wherever he goes, he just needs to let me know, and I'll go for a home match. But uh, congratulations on bringing up another club, uh, Warren, if you're listening. We, we love you. We appreciate you. Echoing that. Echoing that. Yeah, I saw I saw that post, too, and it was like, oh, my goodness. But that's a tough decision. However, he did say, Jared, and you saw this, too, he's staying in the area because they've fallen in love with the San Diego area. And you never know what's next with Warren because he always has something up his sleeve. I mean, the dude is a master entrepreneur and a master innovator, and he has absolutely everything. He has the most confidence of anyone that I've ever met, you know, and, and, and I get it. I, I work next to him and I watch that confidence. He just... He just knows, he just knows that he just knows how to get certain things done that are needed for sports and entertainment. And, you know, he was, he was even an innovator up here in Sacramento in the garbage industry. I mean, he was trying to get a, um, a a waste to energy program going out of uh, anyhow, a digester going here in, in Northern California. And he, he's just, he just doesn't take no for an answer. He knows a good idea when he sees it. Well, since he's staying in the area, I would put down five dollars in Monopoly money that he's helping out the NWSL franchise down there. Technically, Bingo. the one that we should have had, but technically, you know, and, and really, it's really difficult not to fall in love with San Diego. I mean, the, the after the match, you know, I was spending the rest of my time there in Pacific Beach. I mean, oh, you just, ate your way through San Diego, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did that. And I, oh, I swam. God. I loved it. It's like, oh my god, he's on to a different meal. Wait a minute, does is he? How many cat? How many stomachs does he have? I didn't say the word cow, but <laughs> I just wanted to know how many stomachs there was there, Jared. Well, they also had a uh, a sub uh, chain that we have here in Arizona called Chiba Hut. It's uh, I'm gonna put it this way: it's uh, definitely 420 themed, but there is no 420 uh, con- uh, content or. Uh, Ingredients, I should say, in it is is just the theme, but they are delicious over there. So of course I had to get one, but I mean, really, that part of San Diego. I mean, tourists aside, like me, I mean, it's easy to fall in love with San Diego. So I don't blame them for wanting to stay. Oh yeah, San Diego is a really amazing spot. There's a really good Mexican restaurant that's right there by the beach. That really, really good food. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait to go to San Diego again. Hopefully, we're able to go. Uh, the next time they play against them, which is, isn't too far out, right? I think a couple of months uh, when we make the trip back out there. So hopefully mm. should be cool. But yeah, uh, well, yeah, no, I, I joined you guys too, you know, wishing Warren the best of luck. I mean, when we interviewed him, that was the first time I ever spoke to him. And I got to say for a guy who's done so much, right, who 
people might be like, oh, yeah, like he's really busy. Like he, you know, told us, right, if you we keep going, right, like he, he didn't limit us on time. That interview could have ran for two, three hours and he would have never stopped us. So, yeah, shout out to, to Warren, really great person. And uh, I'm really glad that he gave San Diego uh, a team, right, because San Diego needed a, a sports team that they could rally around because sadly, I feel like they've unfortunately seen teams go away uh, unnecessarily. I, I, I still don't quite understand why, um, because we keep saying how amazing it is to, to be there. But yeah. yeah, that's that's what happened. So upcoming game, as we mentioned before, um, against Orange County, we're making a trip down to Irvine on Saturday, July 24th. So players are, are getting a good, good weekend off, a good deserved, especially after a win. Uh, really great stuff that they get that come back Saturday, July 24th. And hopefully we get those three points in that match there as well. Awesome. Well, if uh, you've been tuning in until now, it's that time you've been waiting for. It is Jared's USL Unsolved Mysteries, uh, Las Vegas Lights Edition. So Jared, please tell us what is our mystery that we need to figure out. (laughs) Drum roll, please. <laughs> well, for those of you, uh, much like myself, outside of the Sacramento market that uh, have to rely on ESPN Plus for your Republic FC uh, match uh, day uh, footage, uh, pretty, pretty much the majority of the match went perfectly fine, uh, camera angles aside, but it seemed like just almost immediately, once the final whistle was blown, you see one shot of a couple of the players walking off, and then just as quickly, technical difficulties. You see ESPN's green says, we're working on it. And then apparently a, a couple minutes later, streaming is over for this event. Thank you for watching. It just seems a little throwback of uh, the OKC feeds from 2014, 2015 or so. Back when we used to, to travel out there for matches because they were notorious for seriously substandard video quality. The, the feed would knock out every so often, but th- but thankfully, well, maybe because of the ESPN partnership, that's all changed, or so we thought. Unfortunately, there was no post-game uh, highlights, re- really nothing other than the please stand by, and then this match is over. So it just seems kind of odd that Las Vegas, which is supposed to be glitz, glamour, technical advancements, can't manage to keep the match on for after the match. I mean, to discuss what things might have gone right for Las Vegas. I mean, it, really, the Vegas fans that demand answers too, because they would have liked to seen some analysis of what they did right and where Republic FC might might have fallen short of. But ESPN too. I mean, ESPN Plus in Las Vegas. I mean, you folks got to step your game up. Both uh, fans of both clubs deserve a post game analysis. Okay, so we're taking answers. What happened? What do you think happened? Was it a dog trip, the thing? Did they forget to pay their power bill and everything got unplugged that day? Was it a sudden sandstorm? Is, or a sudden, what was that, a sandstorm, Jennifer? Sudden stand sandstorm? I mean, it was a windstorm. Windstorm. I mean, like, what do you think uh, happened there with the ESPN Plus feed? So it's up to you, fans. Drop the comments. 
in the chat, no matter where this shows up, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, we want to know what you think the mystery, the solution to this mystery. Yeah, another Enjoy possibility that. is maybe it could have been the camels, right? I and mean, the camels were the camels. also there. I mean. Yeah, it could have been camels. <laughs> yeah. To quote I Robert think the Stan- camera guy just wanted to go to the strip, so he was just trying to hurry things <laughs> up. So. <laughs> that that's true. I mean, I, I do like me some good Taco Bell Cantina. I mean, we got one here in Phoenix, but it, it's not the same as carrying the the boozy Baja Blast up and down the strip. So that, that that could be it. Yes, out, out oh there God. they have they have a Taco Bell Cantina on the strip, and then now one on Fremont Street. So they they will pour shots into into your uh, frozen uh, drinks. Oh, geez. you just got pay. Yeah, and as far as this mystery goes, to quote Robert Stack join us you may help us solve a mystery i love it but i'm fun you know i'd be curious uh, i know jennifer you you were there at the stadium but i wonder anyone who actually tuned in locally like what happened did they also get a message saying that like your local tv channel is experiencing difficulties or or that they actually did get like a highlight reel and they were just like you know what forget it we're not gonna pass it on to uspm plus this is just going to stay in Las Vegas. I don't think they did. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you saying what happened in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas when none of us Yeah, even know? even the the highlights. Like, it stays oh. here. <laughs> you, if, you have to come here if you really want to know. I mean, we, we party on the pitch after. So, I mean, they're probably just too focused on, you know, uh, us getting our, our DJ, you know, <laughs> blasting some music and us dancing on the on the field. So... You know, you um, could be you could be solving the mystery. I don't know that we want to, you know, give it away, but you could have just solved the mystery right there. It's like the ESPN guys, whoever were filming, was like, oh, "Screw it, we're going down to the pitch." You know, exactly. <laughs> it, it's dance time. It's dance time. Oh wait a minute, I got the answer. Remember how we said that a lot of the camera angles look like the referees were holding the camera? Well, the referees <laughs> yeah. left. Exactly. <laughs> so there were camera operators. Could be. Oh yeah. It just falls down, and you see the crown. That's it. The end. A title. Yes. Game's over. We're done. Pack them up. We're headed over to Westgate. <laughs> oh dear. All right. So, so th- that's our, our our mystery. And if you want to go leave a comment, uh, go follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us at State Republic Twelve on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we'll be posting this question on all those three. So please feel free to leave your comment on there. If it's something so uh, uh, unique or something that you don't want to be actually said publicly, then send us a message. We'll maintain an, an anonymity uh, and we, we won't mention that you said it. So, uh, so if you want to maintain yourself low key, then yeah, that, that's that's what you can do too. So uh, don't feel like you're pressured to... <laughs> Put it out on on blast. Uh, oh no! There. Put it out there. Come on, <laughs> you got a wild answer as to why the we had nothing after the game. It was like it was lights out Las Vegas. Um, yeah. yeah, that's one put way to put there. it. Lights. You know what? That's the title of this podcast. There you go. Lights out for a second time. Yeah, that is the title. I got a title now. Thank you. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Luis, well, I got to take a second and thank you so much for always being the backbone of this podcast. I know you're getting ready to sign us off and, and all that other stuff, but I just, I just wanted to say thank you so much. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I got to thank all the listeners too, right? Because it's really motivating. Uh, last show broke records. We haven't gotten that many listens in such a short amount of time. So really want to thank everyone for tuning in because that that was that was a really funny show too, right? I mean, it was... <laughs> We had a lot of things going on. Jared's Alka Seltzer gums, which <laughs> I found out that they sold it in gum form. That <laughs> Danny's cue card. So if oh, if God. any of you didn't listen to it and you're listening to this one right now, I know we talked about the other game, which we don't want to really remember. But go listen to it because we probably talked about that game not too much, right? It was more before the game. <laughs> Uh, after the game it, it, it wasn't so much on like little details of the game so go check that out that was really funny and I really enjoyed that one. Oh, we all enjoyed that one I think we laughed our way through that that pod even though it was a sad reason to have a podcast you know the loss but or whatever the tie I don't remember what it was it was not fun yeah it, it was not not a good uh not a good game now to review but we had we had fun at least there on that podcast. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for uh, hopping on. Uh, it's it's been a blast, and and we're really uh, we really appreciate that you shared your um, point of view there at that stadium. We're you know, we're trying to get more um, away experiences mentioned on the podcast because those are really enjoyable. We've heard good comments from uh, some of our listeners and some of us who haven't attended those matches right in those venues. It's really great to just hear how it is, right? Because eventually we'll make the trip out there to different venues that we haven't been to. And it's always good to know what, what to expect before you actually go. So yeah, thank you for, for spending your Friday night here with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, and definitely let me know if no matter whoever is listening to this, hit me up on Twitter. You can let me know when you're in Vegas. We'll go catch a lights game together. Woo! Oh, awesome. Well, where can people follow you at if you want to? Yeah, I'm at Twitter at Pixie Park Kent. Um, so that's a whole other reason of why it's named that. But <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Uh, you can message me. And if, if with September 5th, Zach's coming back. So if you guys want to... Uh, have a have a partner so I have more of a crowd with me besides just me and my husband standing there around <laughs> lights fans. I would really appreciate it. I will say I am going to try to get out there, but uh, I will be having two tickets: one for wherever the Republic FC fans are, and one for the All You Can Drink Estrella Jalisco uh, seats. <laughs> so that's where my season tickets are at. So. See, I I have the VIP. Yeah, I'm smart. We're on the we're on the same page. <laughs> yes. Uh, awesome. Well, hey, that we really appreciate the invite. Yeah, anyone listening, if you make the trip out there, go go for it. Right. I mean, go have a blast because Las Vegas for one isn't too far as as other venues um, might be. So, uh, yeah, go go check it out because that. Those last games for us, right, in those last two months, September, October, are going to be so intense. And, you know, they're going to be games that you definitely want to attend, especially um, in, in an away side, too. So go check it out. And I wonder what what crazy promotion they're going to have that day. I don't, do you know yet or no? I haven't heard anything yet, but um, I assume it's going to be something insane. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm ready for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess they, any promotion they have is is out of this world. So uh, 
Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Jared, for uh, coming on. Uh, hope you feel better, Jared. I, I know that you're having uh, your own things there too. But like I said, luckily, the weekend is beyond us here and you have some time to recuperate. So thank you for, for still being on. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Thank you. And everybody else, stay healthy. And to all of our listeners, please stay healthy. Yeah. See you next time. Yeah. By the way, one last thing. Be on the lookout. Our next show episode is, of course, not going to be reviewing a game because we don't have a game this weekend. But as we mentioned on our Twitter page, we do have a former Sacramento Republic player that is going to be joining us uh, for an interview. Yes, we're back at interviews. Uh, He currently plays for his national team. So we're really excited to have him on. It's going to be really great to be able to ask him about his time with the Republic and how things are like right now with his national team as well. So should be an interesting one. Be on the lookout. That should be posted sometime uh, next week. We are going to be recording it tomorrow, but that'll probably be posted. Um, guessing maybe on Tuesday is uh, tentatively when we have that one set for. So, um, yeah, great stuff. I'm excited for that because I know this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to everyone for listening to us. And we will see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast.